What I love most about talking with other entrepreneurs here on the podcast is that in addition to discussing their zone of genius, we unearth business stories and philosophies that show us we're not alone in what we are thinking or show us an alternative way to approach things. These conversations get us thinking about our own journey and can spark ideas for us. Such is the case with today's guest, Brenda Cadman. Brenda is a verified global Canva expert and owner of Bonacord Creative. As an entrepreneur for more than 20 years, she understands the importance of consistency in building a brand. And as a Canva expert, Brenda has taught thousands of small business owners how to use Canva more effectively and more efficiently. In particular, she loves to help business owners tame their hot mess Canva accounts that we all know we have by creating an organizational system that ensures they can spend less time in Canva and more time doing what they love. Yes, Brenda's got everything we need for our Canva processes. You know, and she's really smart about the approach to her business. And in the start of our conversation, I point out a few things that Brenda does in her marketing that we should all be doing. Our conversation also dives into why Brenda chose to close her Canva membership and what she is doing instead to serve her customers. You know, so many course and membership creators wrestle with these thoughts and Brenda openly shares her experience with us. And we even touch on the baking metaphor Brenda uses in her business. When does clever cross the line into confusing? But Brenda's got just the right touch here too. So today we are talking the Canva recipe and more with Brenda Cadman. You're listening to The Long Game Podcast with Sandra Scaiano. In a world where everyone is doing, it's easy to get lost in a sea of comparison, secret tricks, and promises of overnight success. The long game is my approach to business. The actual day in and day out philosophy that you have to show up, you have to do the work, and there's no quick fixes for long-term success. I'm a web designer, digital strategist, and energetic thinker, and I'm here to share the process and lessons I experience with my clients daily who are going through the same struggles of building a business as you are. We'll hear from successful entrepreneurs sharing their long game strategies, and I'm fun, so we're going to have a little fun along the way too. Thanks for being here. Let's get to today's episode. Welcome everybody. We are here with Canva expert, Brenda Cadman. I'm so excited to dive in with you today, Brenda. Welcome. Thank you for having me. So, so many things to delve into with you today. You know, we're going to dive into Canva and how you developed your organization niche. But first, I want to talk about a few really good habits that I see that you do in your business. You know, you do a really good job of offering free resources. You've got a free resources page and a whole blog with different Canva tutorials and It's really such a wealth of information, and I would imagine that it really works for bringing people into the business that you have. Oh, 100%. And it really comes down to making sure that you repurpose as much of that as possible, because if I was trying to create a million different things all the time, I wouldn't be able to spend any time actually building my business. But if I can create a free guide and then I can share that on the website. I can share that in my Facebook group. I can make sure that the videos that I'm 
putting on my website. I'm also putting on YouTube. And, I, you know, there's a lot of ways you can repurpose it. Awesome. So I think that's really important. Although I will say I've also been accused isn't the right word. I've been informed that I give too much away for free. So I am trying to hold myself back a little bit and find that that happy medium. But I do like to give helpful content where I can. It's a delicate balance, but I mean, like you do it so right. I feel like just perusing your site and seeing what you offer, it's well positioned. So I really wanted to point that out. You've done it. You've done it really well. And, you know, another piece that I love is how you have integrated your Canva affiliate link into Uh your free resources. I think it's really smart to offer the 45 day free trial as a standalone piece, as well as integrate it into your. PDFs as a text link, all of that, but super smart because that's just another another resource, another stream of income for us as entrepreneurs, right? It absolutely is. And I will say that um, I was checking the stats on my affiliate earnings for Canva this morning, and I have made the most this past month that I ever have with that. And I think it's all of these different things that I'm doing stacked on wow. top of each other that is starting to is starting to create dividends. But you kind of want to meet people where they're at. Sometimes they are already looking for a free trial and you want to make it really easy for them to find that. But I also find that because there's a lot of features in Canva that are specifically pro features, it makes sense to mention that if you are interested in taking advantage of this feature and giving it a try and you're not on a pro plan, oh, by the way, here's a 45-day link that you can use to test it out. No cost involved. So meeting them where they're at, I think, is probably a really important part of affiliate marketing. I am still new to it relatively, well, at least new to it in terms of actually being successful with it. So it'll be interesting to see where it goes. But Finding all those little places without being obnoxious is kind of a delicate little balance. Totally. And it makes sense, It's especially when it's a software that you support. I do the same thing with Kajabi because I'm like, I'm in. I'm all in on it. So I want to put it in places and I want to support it because I can support you on the product, just like you can support people on Canva. So super smart. And and it's it's something we should all be thinking about. I mean, you believe in Kajabi and the benefits of it. If you're trying to do that and you don't really believe in what you're selling, you're just selling it for the sake of getting the affiliate commission, then that's going to come through. People can see that you're transparent if you're doing that. They understand if you're being genuine or not. But if you really do believe in the program and you would promote it regardless of that affiliate link, it's just really easy to throw it in there. Totally. And so, you know, I, I highlight it because... I want the audience to like think about integrating everything in, right? Like all of these different places. And you do a really good job about that. So, you know, we'll have links in the show notes to Brenda's website. Everybody can go check out her blog page with tutorials. And we'll be talking about that and her free resources, but you can see how she's doing it. All right. So one of the things that you and I have discussed previously, I find it really interesting when we're talking about free resources and tutorials that you have recently closed your how to use Canva membership. You know, I'm a big membership person. You would think that with a membership, it's a great way to serve people with tutorials and content. And I know that your membership was chock full. So like, can you share with us what was the membership set up and why this pivot was done? Like what, you know, 
What transpired to change your thinking? It was set up like a pretty traditional membership. It had a training library in it. It had new monthly training each month. It had some mini, you know, all of my mini courses were in there in a content library. There was a monthly Q&A, live Q&A with the recordings. There was weekly live chat hours. And I just found that I did have members, but the growth wasn't there that should have been if it was the right recipe. And people were not engaging with it. They were consuming the content, but they were not showing up to the Q&As in the numbers they should be. They were not taking advantage. I'd open up live support and I would be there for the dedicated hour or two hours that I'd set aside. And I'd have a little trickle of questions when there should have been a lot more. Mm -hmm. So they're not using it. It's not growing. And I'm putting all this energy and effort into it. And I just flat out asked, you know, I didn't even ask, are, you know, are you getting the benefit out of it? They clearly weren't. And I think sometimes what people say is very different than what they do. And I'm very big on focusing on what does the data tell me? I know that you may tell me one thing, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to watch what you actually do. And they were opening the emails, but they were not showing up. And I think it was just coming down to too much content. Whereas how my audience, they tackle Canva is one pain point at a time. So if they're tackling one pain point at a time, I'm going to serve up the solutions one pain point at a time. So I did decide quickly to close the membership. I gave them plenty of notice. Well, not plenty, but a fair bit of notice. And anybody who had just been renewed, I refunded their membership. I made sure nobody was paying for time that they hadn't gotten and then closed it quickly. And Pivot is in place now where it's just switching to mini courses and trainings a la carte. So there will be $7 trainings in there. There will be $47 mini courses. Love it. Nothing at this point will be over $50. But if they are brand new to Canva and they just want to focus on getting foundational knowledge, okay, take Canva 101. Then when you're ready to learn organization, there's a course for you. Or if you want to learn how to tackle the brand kit, there's a course for you. One pain point at a time seems to be how they want to consume the content. So why swim upstream? Just repackage what I've got in a format that they actually want to buy. Because they weren't buying, they weren't engaging. So I'm not interested in wasting any more time than I need to (laughs) in learning that lesson. (laughs) Totally. And I love that you brought up, you know, the whole data piece because people like you. You're cool, right? Like, oh, I like her. I want to stay in her membership. I want to be nice to her. Like, that's not what it's about. It's about all of the work, the growth, all of those pieces. So you are really smart to take it from a different perspective and it doesn't lose anything. I mean, I did a membership where I had the exact opposite. I had only people showing up for the Q and A's and not watching the tutorials. And I was like, okay, I get it. Like, you know, we, I had the opposite effect. And I was like, this has to be set up differently because I've marketed it as I'm giving you tutorials. So I have to keep putting tutorials in, but everybody really wanted the Q and A's. So it, again, I did the same thing. I was like, this isn't where it's at for me. And a membership isn't for everybody. It's not the right, it might not be the right vehicle for every audience. So I love that you gave it a shot and really looked at the data to determine your next step. I mean, sometimes it's not 
anything wrong with the product. Sometimes it's just the packaging. Yeah. So I'm just repackaging. I'm not creating any. Well, I am creating something new because I'm taking the opportunity to actually overhaul it because Canva likes to change things on a daily basis, it seems. And it, it does need to be uh, kept totally. up to date. Yeah. The bane of a it is a, it is a losing battle um, to try to keep it. <laughs> to date. <laughs> but yeah, I think just yeah, and the know, reality is there was almost no attrition. Everybody who signed up stayed, but they weren't getting the benefit. And I knew it was just the writing was on the wall that if they needed to cut something, if they weren't getting value, that retention would not stay the way it had been. Yeah. And I think it's um, also like we can try things and see what works best for our audience. And like the only way you figure that out is by doing that step and taking that, you know, taking that initiative. And I think it's really on point for you to say like, hey, when they're ready for this, because ultimately they could spend almost the same amount of money. Let's say your membership was $30 a month. If they buy a $47 and then a seven and then another $47, like you can start to trickle into some of the same monetary spends in terms of that and even just build a different customer relationship. So, you know, it's figuring out what works. Well, and it often was, I don't think it was a price point issue at all because it was $30 a month, but there's also a mental, a, a mindset thing about, I don't want another subscription. I don't want one more thing that's going to recur, even if it wasn't particularly expensive. I think it makes sense for some businesses. For me, I was hearing messaging from people saying, I plan to join. I just, I can't, I have so many subscriptions right now and I just need to right. rein that in a little bit. And let's be honest, if people are going to ever be in a position where they're going to be tightening their belt, a monthly Canva membership that they are not using is going to be one of the first things to go. So let's just, you know, save that issue right now and move to something that feels (laughs) easier for them to accept. Totally. And, you know, we're big Canva users. I'm a big Canva user. My listeners are like most of us have like, I think who's listening, we have the basics down, you know, we're creating social media graphics or PDFs. I mean, we create all my podcast graphics in, in Canva, you know, and I think that's why I want to say to people, go to your tutorials, check out what you do, check out your courses, because like there are really good tips and more that we can learn to benefit. And I know like me, everyone has a ton of projects in there and the need for organization that is a hundred percent there. So, and you, you know, one of your specialties is Canva organization. So I want to dive into this now and really talk about that, like how that came about. I do just want to say too, that I love the niche of course products like this, you know, as a user, when you are in with a software, investing how you maximize it is such a smart decision. So for me, like the Canva organization course, it's a no brainer because I have my shit all over the place there. And it's like, I struggle with (laughs) you and many others. You know, I am in, I am not getting rid of it. I still use other programs sometimes, but not as much as I use Canva. So, you know, and both of your courses that you're currently offering, in addition to probably what you're coming out with, but both of your current offers are pretty niche. You know, you've got the Canva recipe course for course creators, which is like focus on designing on-brand content for your digital courses. And then your clean up my Canva, which really dives into the organization. So I love that piece. You know, even though you have your 101 coming, like these are very specific for people who are far in as well. And like, you know, made a commitment to the software. 
Yeah. And I think sometimes people feel like, oh, I know my way around. I, I don't need any sort of training in this. I'm good. I've got it. But I would say everybody is wasting time in a lot of things that they're doing in Canva. And we need to claw as much of that back as we can. If I can teach something that is going to save somebody a few hours a month that they would have spent cumulatively searching for designs that they know they created two months ago that if they don't find it, they're going to have to spend the time to recreate. I mean, I think that's a good Mm -hmm. investment of a little bit of time. And they're not complicated things to learn. Sometimes it's just understanding what functionality exists and how to maximize it in order to ensure that you are not wasting a ton of time in there. And what some of the little tips and tools are that unless you know specifically the steps to take to find them, you may never see them. I routinely will do trainings or Q&As, and there's always somebody in there that feels that they are very intermediate to advanced and that they aren't going to learn anything new. And it's very uncommon to not hear afterwards that they didn't pick up at least one new tip. So I think the fact is Canva is constantly changing and improving and modifying, sometimes modifying, not for the better, in my own humble opinion. Mm-hmm. If anybody right. has we seen where they- opinions on these things, I'm these not updates. Thrilled, <laughs> not thrilled that they moved the downloads underneath the share button, but I've said my piece on that. <laughs> but they are changing it constantly. So there's always something new to learn. And it is impossible for me to keep up on it And this is what I do. So I certainly don't expect the typical business owner to know everything that is new and coming out and being refined. Well, also, like, you as an expert have learned and explored all these capabilities. So, like, sometimes for myself, I'm like, I don't even know to ask that question because I'm not sure that it's even a possibility, right? So I am down for it. So, yeah, I'm in for the clean up my Canva. A hundred percent. So let's talk about that. Like the necessity, how'd you get into that? And like, that is a really specific, it really is a niche, a niche area, but for me, it's so needed, you know, (laughs) when you've got that mess and you have to sort through it and you're looking. So give us the lowdown. I mean, I've always been somebody who needs order around them, who likes to have labeled baskets and containers for things. I, Honestly, my one of my memories, one of my only memories of kindergarten is the other kids wanting to play with the train set or, you know, the blocks or the dress up area. I was stationed over at this dresser that had all these little drawers in it. And one had buttons, one had bread tags, one had, I don't know, sequins, all kinds of little things. And my favorite thing to do was to organize them into categories and see if my teacher could guess what categories I had organized them in. Now, I don't know what that says about me, but it just indicates that the organization bug was there from a very early age. But it's just the way my brain works. From a young age. Yeah, totally. It's just how my brain works. And it took me a very, very long time to understand that most people don't have brains that work that way and they don't see information and automatically start categorizing it, even though they know that they would benefit from having some sort of organizational system. So one of my earliest early businesses was as a professional organizer, and I specialized in creating filing cabinets and taming paper piles, basically, for business owners and for professionals. Love so that. this is really, yeah. this is full circle after I've been an entrepreneur for over 22 years. And this was a business I did back in 2004, I think. 
I think it was 2004, maybe early 2005. It's the same thing. It's the same approach. It's the same principles. It's just electronic information on a particular platform. But the same approach applies that if you want to go looking for something, everything has to have a home. Everything needs to be organized in a way that works for how your brain searches for information. The category system that works for me isn't going to work for somebody else because they look for information in a different way. So it's really just a simple process of going through and cleaning things out, evaluating the inventory of what's left and creating categories and doing the work of organizing it. But sometimes people need to be walked through those steps. Totally. And even just, I think a lot of us, even though we, you talk about like what works for me might not work for everybody, but like it can work. Like I am open to show me the process, map that stuff out and I am in it. Like I can keep the system, but it's also the, I don't want to have to create the system. That's the laborious yes. part. Like I've created my own, you know, shuck and jive system in there right now, which I think is pretty much, but like I could use the tune-up of, you know, take me through your five steps so that it's working like a well-oiled machine, right? Instead of halfway there. And really the first step is, let's let's go through them then. I mean, the first step is clearing the deck any more than you would, you know, if you came in to your physical office and you had tons of piles of paper, the first thing you're going to do is you know you're not organizing everything in there. You know there's garbage in there as well. Things that you just stuck on there because you thought you might need them or you just didn't take the time to trash them from the beginning. So going through and kind of doing a purge, an initial purge of, okay, I don't need that. Trash it, trash it. Create an archive folder for reference if there are things that you just think you might need reference to in the future, or Mm -hmm. you just don't know. We all have those things of, but I might need it later. And if I'm not here to say you have to throw anything out. So if there's something that you feel like you might need at a future time, dump it into that archive folder. If you haven't referred to it a year from now, I would challenge you that perhaps you don't need it unless it's for just nostalgia purposes. So going through and doing that, (laughs) keep trash archive kind of run through. And then taking a look at what's left and making sure that because you, because it is a digital platform, you can search for things. You want to make sure that you've named everything in a way that you actually know what it is. Because if you have to open it up every single time to determine if that is the specific version of the presentation that you are looking for, you're going to, again, waste a lot of time. I did that yesterday. I did that yesterday. Absolutely. Because a lot of us are giving presentations (laughs) and we might use the same base master presentation for five different Mm -hmm. groups, but there's slight little changes in it. And in Canva, if you're just looking at the cover photo on all of them, they all look the same. So unless you want to spend forever opening them, you know, make sure that there are keywords in that naming that make it abundantly obvious before opening it, what is what. So that's also going to help you file them. And then once you've kind of gone through and renamed That's things, also where you can get specific and to yourself, right? You don't, sure. you can bring what is your keyword that you're bringing. Exactly. So, you know, we can take exactly. your system and then bring to ourselves. well, this is how I think. I would think of it like this. Yeah. What would you search for if you had to go find this six months from now? Right. Because not only right. do I want it to be obvious what's in there, I want it to come up when you search for it in Canva search bar, because that's still going to sometimes be the fastest way to find it. 
So making sure it's descriptive, making sure that it is consistent as well, that, you know, you mm-hmm. you have a, a kind of consistent naming conventions that you're using for all of right. your stuff. And then once you know what's left, we can evaluate and we can start figuring out how do these chunk down into categories? Do I have a lot of right. social media? Great. I'm probably going to have so- a social media folder. That social media folder is probably going to be chunked down into Instagram, into LinkedIn, mm-hmm. into YouTube. If that's how you would search for that, your brain might instead search by project. Maybe it's organized by project. And within that project, it has each has its own social media folders associated with it. It's, again, up to you how you search for it. But you want to plan what those categories are. And then you want to go and create the folders, which I'm happy to announce that that's not really an announcement anymore. It's more of an update. Canva used to only allow you to have two custom folders if you were on the free plan, but they are rolling out unlimited custom folders to both free and paid plans now. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's 100% rolled out yet. I have reached out to Canva actually this morning to ask if that is done now or is that still in progress? But if you don't have the ability to create unlimited folders right now, it's coming. And then, you know, plan the folders, create the folders, and then it's just a matter of batch organizing everything in. You do not have to move designs and images one at a time. If you hover over them and check them off, you can check off multiple ones. And then there's this little folder icon that appears at the bottom. Oh, sorry. I'm banging my microphone. I'm so excited. (laughs) There's this little folder icon that appears on the screen in the bottom middle of the screen that when you click on that, you can batch move items in one go. And it's really hard to see, but it is there. And that's a major time saver for people who think they can only do one at a time. That is gold. That is gold because that is me. Like I even scroll through and I'm like, okay, I try and do that stuff. And even to batch delete or any of that, like when you're getting rid of things and organizing, like that piece is it such a time saver? And that's the knowledge that you bring, right? Like, I am going to tell you how to do this. I love those little, like, to me, that's the 40, that's worth the $47 to have all of the steps and the, boop. let me tell you exactly how to do it. Well, and also things like, don't just do this for your designs, do it for your images as well. Don't leave it all in the uploads folder. Please create an image filing system. So that's one of the things I go through in the course is here are different ways you could break down your images potentially to create a photo folder system (laughs) so that you can find the images quickly rather than that uploads folder can become incredibly overwhelming very quickly. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, this works for course creators and service providers. Because if you're a course creator, you might have certain imagery that you work with on one course and you can put all of that together and it's not cluttering up your uploads. And same thing, I mean, for me working with multiple clients, I'm always creating things for different clients. So, you know, to get it out of there, or if I have to go back and create something later on, I'm like, oh, it's, it's in a folder somewhere. So I think I'm halfway there, but I'm still like, I like to, polish it up for sure, the organization. Well, it's an ongoing process too. I mean, you don't just do it once. If you feel like you're fighting your system going forward, you don't have the right system. So if it just isn't working, you can always change it. But ultimately, as long as you have a home for everything and it feels easy to put things away, then that system's good to move forward with. 
I did just have a file folder flashback right now. Like that makes perfect sense for the file folder drawer as well as what we're doing, right? Like, yeah. I love that you came full circle with your experience too, because I feel like yeah. sometimes we we have all of this training, we have all this experience from another part of our lives, but we move forward. And I know I do want to comment that for like 20 years, you've also been a web developer. So like you put some of your stuff aside in your from your past and now you're yeah. bringing it back out. And I love that because I think we all have this valuable experience, this long journey, this long game that we've been on. And we're kind of like, well, I got to learn something new. I have to take another course. And I find this with myself too, sometimes where I'm like, oh my gosh, I used to do this then. And it was so successful. It really isn't any different now. Let me apply what I was doing then to now. Let me bring it to my clients. And it's valuable. It's so valuable to go back in what we know from our journey in the past as well. And I think when something comes easy to you, you don't see the value in it. Mm -hmm. I have never valued my organizational and administrative skills the way that others have, because I just see it as, well, doesn't Mm -hmm. everybody know how to do that? What is special about that? And it takes time to understand that it's very easy to dismiss as something that everybody can do and why would they pay for this? But it actually, you know, you get too close to see your own, your own genius in something and that's a little over Mm -hmm. the top, but I mean, there are other things I, you and I were talking earlier. I I was just going to, oh, a hundred percent. We were talking earlier about my copywriter who writes, she writes amazing copy. And I look at this and think I could not pull those ideas together as beautifully as she just whips out. And I could see how she might think that everybody can do that, but she has a gift that she has nurtured over the years. I can't do that. I'm definitely prepared to pay for that. Right. (laughs) Totally. And I think as we've gone on in the industry and, and owned our own businesses, you know, We talk about, and I hate the cliche of like being authentic, but like when you are true to yourself and what you do and what your experience is, like that is the ultimate. That is making you happy. That is making you successful. That is sharing what you have further serving all of those things. And sometimes we need to kind of go through that journey to end up back at the same spot and be like, yes, I am 100% myself right now and bringing this shit forward. Like, love it. That's why I really wanted to talk about that and highlight that because we're all trying to get back to who we are. And you know you found it when it's the thing that you are prepared to talk about all day and it takes, it just isn't an expenditure (laughs) of effort the way that other things I have talked about in the past are. They always felt not difficult, but there was a lot more work involved in talking about website security or talking about website usability and things mm-hmm. like that. It, it's something I do understand and I have a, re- a relative mastery of, but it never came easily the way this does. And I think you just, it feels good. It feels like a fit. You kind of know when you found it. And then it's just a matter of figuring out how to take that information, that expertise, and how to package it in a way that people are actually asking for. Totally. And in a way that they're ready to accept and dive into. And I love that you brought up your copywriter because I do want to talk about that. You know, I've, 
I love that you have this playfulness with baking, you know? I know like you uh, have one metaphor. of your courses is the can- <laughs> Yeah, your metaphor of the recipe, the Canva recipe. And sometimes, you know, I've had a lot of conversations with clients and even other women in the industry about like, hey, don't get too clever because you confuse and all of that. But like, I feel like you have really hit the nail on the head in terms of the balance. And you were uh, attributing some of this to your copywriter because I understand it. I get where it's coming from, but it's not over the top where I'm like, I don't know what she's talking about and you haven't, you know, you haven't lost me in it. So I really love that, that you're able to find the perfect balance of the clever to mix with your own messaging and and what's coming out. I remember hearing us, I don't know who said it. So maybe somebody can figure out where I should be at attributing this to, but the idea of don't sacrifice clarity for cleverness. You're yes, not going yes. to see my website menu names listed in baking terminology just because it's cute. I want to make sure that mm-hmm. when somebody gets to my website, they can quickly find what they're looking for. Everything is really easy to understand. If I have to explain what it is, then there isn't the clarity there and I shouldn't be doing it. But I think it also can be fun to, you know, infuse a little personality and a little bit of what makes me me into mm-hmm. the naming, if it makes sense. If you have to force it, then, you know, reevaluate whether it's the right fit. And I didn't want to be too over the top with it, but I do feel that the baking analogy really is a good fit for how to meld something that is measured, but also creative and has best practices. But, you know, I think it just really comes together. And it also sets me apart from everything else. At some point, I will be overhauling my own branding so I can pull that brand personality into it. But right now, I just wanted to have something that would set me apart from the standard styled stock look and feel that is out there. And I have a lot of that in my branding as well right now. But I think it it helps the copy flow, definitely, if you have something like that to hook it on top of. Totally, because that's keeping you from going all the way over to like the photo shoot of you in a bakery behind the counter. And it's like, wait, are you a yeah, baker or that's are not you coming. a camper? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you didn't push it all the way. You still, you peppered it, you know, you seasoned it, actually. And I, I want to also address that whole self-expression piece because it is about creativity. I mean, it's a giant step into who you are and your own self-expression, bringing that in, right? It's it's also, you know, your hobby, baking. It's what you do. Yeah. Baking's my jam, you say on your about page and like how you enjoy those parts of the process and how that relates to the work that you do as well. You see a similarity between your hobby and the work that you yeah. do. So I love that. There's, creative there's a parallel thing. there. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And you've done it properly, you know? So I, I'm excited for you to have a, a rebrand just to see like what comes out of that a little bit yeah. more for you. And um, we'll be watching. I mean, everybody, you've got to go check out Brenda's website. All of the links are, are going to be in the show notes. She's also got a, how to Canva Facebook group. So, you know, how to you use can check Canva. That out yeah. on, how to use Canva 
under her freebies tab, you can join. Once you go to that freebies page, you'll be able to go in there. There's a ton of good information. She's keeping us all updated. So (laughs) there'll be lots of ways to connect there and check out her freebies, of course. I'm definitely in for clean up my Canva course, though, 100%, because I want to take that to the next level. I think you know when you've kind of stumbled on the right fix because everybody seems really excited to take that course and to get on top of their hot mess Canva accounts. So I think I've, <laughs> I think I've stumbled on my golden goose, which is kind of nice. Totally. So what else is coming down the line? Let us know like what we can look out for from you. Oh, who knows what I will be paying attention to what the people say. If anything, that is kind of where I just need to put my attention is I can have ideas about what I think people are interested in, but they will tell me by whether or not they're handing over their credit card information. And you know really quickly whether you've actually stumbled on it or not. But I think just focusing on this kind of a la carte sort of approach to these little tiny mini offers, and then twice a year, I do my bigger six-week program. That's the only kind of high touch way that people can work with me at this point. But who knows what the future will hold? We'll just play it by ear. Yeah, well, we're watching and we're all going to go check it out, join the Facebook group and keep following. I want to thank you so much for coming and sharing your ideas and your experience and your whole journey with us because these are things that happen and we, we need to talk about more and share about it. So I really appreciate you being here today. Oh, I appreciate you having me. Thanks. All right, everybody, check us out. Go check Brenda out. And we will see you next week. Thanks for joining me today. You can access more info in the show notes at thelonggamepodcast.net. If today's show connected with you in some way, please share it with your friends or hop on iTunes and leave me a review. Until next time, keep playing the long game.